Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everybody, it's Russ from My Hammers 11. I hope you're safe and well. Obviously, new channel, please consider subscribing, hitting the bell icon so you're notified of any time you put new content on. We have interviews going up daily, but sometimes two, three times a day. I wouldn't want you to miss any of these amazing guests we've got coming up, including today's guest. Um, he is he, he we will tell we'll talk about where he's where he's calling him from at the moment because that'd be interesting. But he plays 70 times for the club. Um, he was, you know prominent in the in the 92-93 season we went up and you know into the top flight and obviously playing the Premier League um you know he's uh, he's actually the first ever player I met personally as a footballer um Pete I remember but I did um and we'll talk about that in a tick it's Pete Viler how you doing man I'm all right yeah I'm good Rush yeah bit, bit warm yeah yeah a bit warm and, and yeah it's not like it's normal UK weather where you are is it no no it's cracking flags outside saying that though it is it's the monsoon season at the moment, but it goes from one extreme to other. But no, I can't complain. I uh, saying that, I mean, you've had some wonderful weather in England, even though you have been under lockdown, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How? What's what's it like? Where you know, for those of you who don't know, obviously Pete is is is, in, is national manager of of Liberia, um, and uh, he's he's in a complex which is owned by George Weir, because um, obviously George he 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 spends a he, he he sort of sponsors the team, doesn't he? He puts money in, doesn't he? Or something that is really well. I, I hope so because he's the president of the country. So uh, I should imagine. Now, to be honest, he's, he's quite. A, he's a regular guy. He's the type of guy you could go and like, you know, chew the fat and have a. And he's called me across once or twice. He's got a football pitch just out here in front of us. You can only wow. play nine v nine on it. But <laughs> um, no, no, he's, he's a regular guy. He's a nice chap, and there's uh, no sort of airs and graces about him. You know, it is has to be your excellency and Mr. President. Yeah. Not, not, not big G or anything like that. So, yeah, he is. His, but yeah, I live in his compound, so he lives just down the road. And uh, um, yeah, it's. I've been here since the August two thousand nineteen. I came. Uh, I took the job there, and uh, obviously we've been sort of, um, sort of obviously, in terms of fixtures and the programs being sort of decimated because of the, uh, the you know the 
the virus, yeah. which ev everybody has. Mm. And that's probably why we're probably doing this show. But, uh, but no, um, yeah, I'm enjoying it. I've, I've enjoyed it. Great people, lovely people, yeah. and uh, very, um, very hospitable. But it's a completely different surrounding, different yeah. environment. I can imagine. And, and for those of you interested, Pete's about two minutes away from the beach. <laughs> and I won't be going there after that for a beer either. <laughs> definitely, definitely not. Definitely not. Definitely not. But, um, <laughs> but, any, but so, you know, that's the idea. You're totally right. The idea of this channel was there was bugger all football on the telly. And so we started this channel as an idea and it's just grown. It's brilliant. And hopefully, you know, we've only got, you know, a week and a half of until hopefully the Premier League's back. Um, and we'll see what happens. What happens, happens. But, you know, until then, we, we can look back and talk to people and talk about their memories of the club. So, obviously, you know, for you, as I said, you were the first ever football player I, I, I met because, and they'd never do this anymore, the Junior Hammers used to do birthday parties and yeah, did, in their yeah, little place that. in, the, in the, sort of the sports hall, the school thing next door, wasn't it? And, and, you, and a player would turn up. And, and I think ours was on like Tuesday night. I think, I think we'd played at home on the Monday. You played on the Monday. And I was just absolutely astounded that a player would turn up and it was you. And I was like, Pete Butler. And from then on, I followed your career. Just, you know, you know certain players that are close, close to your heart. And you, you've had to follow it wide and far, that's for sure. <laughs> only a Wikipedia searches, I'll be honest. It's all over the place. But yeah, it's brilliant. You know, the Phillies fog of football. Yeah. <laughs> that's what they said. I read an article about you the other day, and that's what they said—the the, the most travelled man in football, or something like that. And I was like, "Yeah, oh, done a few nice. miles." Yeah, a few miles. But going back to West Ham, obviously, you know, you you, you signed from Southend. Um, we'll talk about you know your first training session because Martin Allen made a point of telling me about you in your first training session. But the first question I asked all West Ham ex-players was was why West Ham, Pete? Why West Ham? It was funny because I'd just, I'd just come off the back of a ruptured patella tendon. I were out for about seven or eight months at Southend. Uh, we'd had back-to-back -back promotions at Southend and David Webb had done an, uh, an incredible job. We had some really good players, young lads coming through and, uh, and we played West Ham in a pre-season friendly and I'd obviously impressed Billy and Harry and Harry knew me from old anyway. Mm. Uh, well, Harry wasn't there at the time. Um, it was a, that season we played Bournemouth uh, last set of penultimate game of the season where we, we sort of basically shafted uh, Bournemouth at Dean Court, stopped them from going into the playoffs and I was on loan at Huddersfield Town. Yeah. Um, played last seven games and they were having a shocking run and we ended up winning six out of seven. Wow. One six, I think we think we won six and drew one, but um, that was the game we drew. And I'd obviously made an impression with them and, uh, and he just, and he called me, I got a call and... Um, yeah, it's, so it, it seems like yesterday, it's quite strange and I remember it vividly because I was living in Eastwood in Southend uh, uh, and I remember getting a phone call and, you know, you know Billy Bonds doesn't ring many people no. and uh, yeah, he, he was, you know, I had, a, I had a quite a special, I had a quite a, a really good relationship with him, he was, you know, quite unique character yeah. he is and uh, uh, a very warm, you know, you know, square peg, square rolls type of guy. Uh, he's your regular guy and, uh, you know, no airs and graces about him. He never promised me anything. And I ended up um, I ended up going on trial for two weeks and I were only there about four, about four or five days and uh, we were doing some running. And little did I know is that 
him and Harry used to bet on bet on who'd win the who'd <laughs> win the race between me and Matthew Rush. And as far as I was concerned, it was no contest because I could blow him out of the water. I, I weren't the greatest footballer in the world, but I could run. Yeah. Uh, yeah so, and then they just pulled me in, and he offered me a deal, and it went to a conditional tribunal in, uh, yeah. in Lancaster Gate at the time. Um, and yeah, I, I, and then I had to wait because of this conditional tribunal. And yeah. Then, yeah, I ended up, uh, you know, signing on the dotted line, and. and um, you know, I loved my time there. It was quite unique because it was in sort of in difficult times as well at West Ham. They'd just come off the bond scheme and yeah. uh, been a failure. Team had got relegated and uh, there were a lot of lads there who really weren't, you know, without being disrespectful, weren't pulling the weight. They mm. were a waste of kit. And, uh, and Billy brought Harry in and, you know, you know, Harry met Sally, you know what I mean? The yeah, story goes yeah. and... Uh, yeah, and he brought it. Just changed it and brought some characters, and I thankfully, thank God, I fitted into that that yeah. mold. And uh, it was quite a time of my life. A lot happened when I was yeah. there for three years. Two yeah. and three years, a lot happened. You know, births, played my debut there, played in the Premier League, deaths, the whole caboodle. So mm. it was, uh, it was quite a quite a spe- special, you know, special part of my time of time of my career. And yeah. And also an important time of West Ham's career as well, because they were on that verge where obviously the Premier League money was, you had to be in it, yeah. you know, to, to get, you know, to sort of, to win it and be involved in it. If not, it could have been, you know, could have fallen away like many, many other teams did because they didn't have the financial backing. No. Um, so yeah, it was an interesting, it was interesting times and a good time to be at West Ham. Yeah, no, it was, it was. And obviously, yeah, you were part of a, you know, that, that sort of group of people, yeah, I said Martin Allens and, and Bishies and people like that. It was a, I can imagine how you, how you fitted in. Martin tells me, told me a story the other day, how uh, the, your first training session, you turned up in your high-tech boots and he was like, who the fuck this guy? And then after 10 <laughs> minutes, and then after 10 minutes, you were like, yeah, a couple of, couple of tackles, a couple of runs, you know, beating everyone the runs. You were like, he was like, he was in, he was in. And obviously you formed a, a, a great sort of that midfield, you know, was, was formidable, I think, particularly obviously in the 92, 93, and then going, to, going into obviously the Premier Premiership afterwards, you know, that, that whole, mid, we had a cracking midfield, that team. They were I familiar. actually liked those high-tech boats. They were, uh, <laughs> they were good to me, high-tech. Uh, <laughs> no, no, it was, hey, some, when you're at South End, you have to be thankful for small mercies. Yeah. Uh, it's not like now, you know what I mean, where then it's like, you know, training grounds and, and uh, uh, foot, the stadiums are like Hollywood, you know what I mean? And Ferraris and Rolls Royces and Bentley's parked in the car park. Yeah, yeah. I had, you know, I had, a, I, had a, I had a Nissan Sunny estate where I used to put my two dogs in and I used to drive up to training and it, uh, I weren't proud, I weren't bothered. No. Um, but yeah, no, Martin, Martin and Clive and Bish, they were a really good bunch of lads, Alvin and that. They, they really sort of welcomed me and... Um, Made, I remember, I think it was the first day we went to uh, Redbridge running track to do a, a bit of a physical there. And, uh, and Clive turned around, I sat next to Clive in the dressing room, and, Cl- and Clive sat next to uh, Martin. And there were small dressing rooms at Chad Relief. Yeah. And I looked around and I could see all these characters Julian Dix, you know, Trevor Morley and Bishop, you know, Alvin Martin, Tony Gale. I'm thinking, oh, uh, but they were nice lads, good lads, uh, and they made me. Clive said to me, get your towel, Pete, come on, uh, you know, we're going for a shower, you know what I mean? It was like, get your towel, going in my car. And, uh, and yeah, they looked after me and yeah. it were, uh, you know, 
a really uh, it was quite easy to fit in there. Yeah, really easy to fit in. And yeah, yeah Martin were on, he, he were on the, the receiving end of a few of my tackles, and I've no doubt I were on the receiving the end of a few of his. And uh, I got on well with Martin. Yeah. You know, I could tell you some stories about him. I always remember once on a Christmas day we went into town, and he pinched this guy's trilby. <laughs> and left walked out with his hat on and I looked and I talked to this bloke and he said where's my trilby and I thought oh Martin's probably like he's walking down the street with this bloke's trilby on and it was a really posh gentleman's club in London and it could have been anybody and I'll never forget it and I thought can't believe you put me in that situation but yeah good good lads yeah, they were good lads. Yeah, Martin. Yeah, I've, obviously, I've had Martin ambish in the in the last couple of days, and it's like it was like they were telling me stories to outdo each other, and it's just yeah, you know, Martin would tell you how Bish would say how he um, you know, he got quite fond of a pack of extra strong mints in his pocket um, when he's coming to training. Yeah, we all know why. Yeah, we all know why. Bish was unique. You know, yeah. it could come in like you know what I mean rocking and rolling and swaying and it's still you know what I mean he could be the you know the dog's wallops in training he yeah he he, he was he was a very very talented footballer yes. and and if anything I always felt that he could have gone and should have gone on you know people say maybe he needed that extra yard of pace but uh I I always felt he could have gone on you know to to bigger stuff as well he um you know when you compare him to other players and yeah, he was, he was a special character as well. Great guy, and I get on really well with him. Yeah, he's a great guy. He's a great guy. So obviously, you know, in that sort of two and a half, three year period, there's obviously, you know, we got promotion and we played in the Premier League, you know, massive sort of highs. You know, were there any any particular games in that period or particular moments or, you know, you scored a, scored a couple of goals, you know, anything which sort of stays in your mind as like a real... Uh, a memory that stays close to you for that over that period. Oh, there's a few, you know. Yeah. You know, that said, there were a lot of a uh, lot of ups and downs, and uh, through that through that period, you know, we had the death of the great Bobby Moore. Yeah, remember the game when we played at Sunderland straight afterwards when it all came out, and uh, it weren't a nice experience. You know, mm. thankfully we never lost that game. We drew mm. up at Roker Park, and uh, you know the respect the people in Sunderland showed, as well as the West Ham supporters, were actually quite quite special. But I think one of the big games, and, I, and I'll never forget it. We were on a. It were at the start of my sort of my, my, my sort of time there, and uh, we played West. A lot of fans will remember it because it was a big game. We played West Brom in the FA Cup. Yeah. At the Hawthorns, and obviously I played at the Hawthorns as well afterwards. Uh, and Alvin Martin got us all together at the middle at pitch. And we were talking at the radio show going up. I never forgot it. We drove up here, you know, stopped at the uh, the, uh, the the lodge on the, uh, just off the M5. And he said, he got us all together in the middle of the pitch and he said, listen, there must have been 10,000 West Ham fans behind, you know, at the, uh, the Hawthorns. Yeah. There were thousands. And I think there were, there were 10,000. They were everywhere. And I thought, he turned around and went, right. He went, everybody expects, we are the banana skin today. But we're not going to we're not we're not going to give them you know anything to talk about. Um, we're going to come here. We're going to do the business because if you turn around, he made everybody turn around and look at the fans, and he said, "That's what it means to us today." They yeah. make sure they go on with a smile on the face. I think we beat them two 0 Yeah, and we played ever so well. I think Trevor scored and maybe Clive, and that really for me was sort of. 
you know, lit the torch for us moving forward as a group mm. uh, because we did have some big-time Charlies there who thought they were, and we had a lot of lads who were coming through trying to make the way. Mm. And, and he just realised, and I think a lot of people realised that, hang on a minute, nobody's places, you know, can, can be taken for granted yeah. here. You know, even in midfield with myself battling for a position with, with Bish and, yeah. uh, and, and Martin. Uh, and I, I think that game really sort of epitomised, there's loads, I could go on, the Swindon game, penultimate game of the season, you know, uh, when we won at Swindon, you know, which was quite unique, you know, Kenny smashed one in from like 25 yards and, um, and you know, my first game, you know, thousands of West Ham fans at Oakwell and, and, yeah. I'm, and I'm looking and I'm thinking, you know, uh, I'm thinking to myself, God, you know what I mean? It's like baptism, baptism of fire. Yeah. You know? But um, yeah, it, it was just a great period and uh, and a lot of a lot of really, really important pressure games as well. And, hmm. and you know, no better feeling than playing under the lights at Upton Park as well. Yeah. No, exactly. Up to the park seems a strange word that these days, doesn't it? It does. It's getting yeah more slightly more more distant memories, unfortunately. Um, well, fortunately, unfortunately, you know, it's 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 progress, isn't it? And uh, you know, as I said, it's and that's the whole whole point of this of this sort of whole uh, channel is to sort of document all these memories and not just of the of Upton Park, but obviously players who who, who some people have seen, some people didn't see because they weren't around in that time. You know, people who are fans from the mid 60s and got to see you know Bobby and Jeff and Martin play um, and it's, it's really nice because I'm I'm really sort of because like to be honest like from yours was like your period was like my first iteration of West Ham and from then on I'm all right you know but from about 90s 90s back I, I didn't know as much as I have done recently obviously talking to lots of people around the uh, FA Cup winners. I was interviewed like people like David Cross and people like that, and uh, no, it's really really cool. And then what we do with everyone, as I said, Pete, before we started, was we try and do a Hammers eleven. So it's usually for the fans, people they've seen, um, but for the players, I like to say players they've played with, obviously for the club um, during that period. So it would be good to try and get your Hammers eleven. I've got an idea for a few players you'd probably pick, and we try and keep it to a four four two as well because. Right, okay, I was going to ask you that. <laughs> Well, I, I'm up. To, I'm up to bribe, not up to bribery, but I'm up to suggestions. You know, if, if you want to change it, you can change it. I'm a little bit better at video editing than I was before I started, so that was why it was always four four two. But more and more people, it's like I've learned like, talking to the older fans. You know about like, what well, left off, uh, inside off, and I don't know what that was before I started and all that type of stuff. But, uh, Do you know, I just did a, I just did a thing for a blog, a blog, uh, a web, a blogger the other day. And, yeah, we got talking and he was about like the difference of you know the how the game's changed. Yeah. I said, you know, the game's now it's full of anecdotes. It's all about, you know, not defending deep. It's all about you know defending with a low block now on. It's not about cold mm. counter-attacking now, it's called, you know, a quick transition or not playing out from the back. It's about playing through the lines. And it's all bullshit. You know, let's be honest with you. It's all these fancy words that people have like have been blagging a living from the game for years and years. And and I just listen to them, and it's like, you know, and they, and and I think a lot of teams have just it's become I find it's become a little bit boring now. Yeah, Premier I agree. League. It's become boring. Most teams set up to play like a four-two-three-one. Mm. You know, it's basically a four. You know, a flat back four and five. You know, five and five on the one, and everybody defends deep and then tries to catch teams on on the counter attack. And mm. I think there's you know there's there's a lot of positives, and. 
I just think there's more negatives and positives in, in the in in the modern day gear. Don't get me wrong, I'm still a big fan and I can't wait for it to start. Yeah, I know. But restart. But it, yeah. it has. I just think it's become it's full of gadgets, you know, uh, GPS vests, you know, fitness conditioners, mm. you know, games changed. Uh, fast yeah. fast pictures. I could go on all day about it. Uh, it's true. And it's and I think that's really and it's not just the, the actual sort of the game itself but I think the the players you don't get characters anymore you don't get people like you or Mad Dog or Bish or Moncur or even a bit like like Decanio you don't get like those those people anymore I think it's almost the, the, the sport has become so professional so scientific that it's almost nullified that part of and that's what people get you know that's why people still talk about mm-hmm. still talk about you still talk about mad dog still talk about you know um like your your, your bonzies and stuff like that because they're real characters of the game and you don't get that anymore now which is a shame well, I've got, I, well I, i've got a friend here and uh, he's from london lives in greenwich and uh, we were talking about this like a couple of nights ago <laughs> and he and he said to me we got talking about the pictures you know and the the Hollywood style facilities, training and, you know, conference facilities, hotels at the grounds, etc. Yeah. The pitches now are not even that normal grass. They're like 50% artificial and 50% yeah. with the plastic roots. You don't, you don't pull. That's the question. Yeah. 10, 15, 20, 25 years ago, were West Ham playing any, any worse football or better football than they are in the modern day era with all the fancy, the fast pitches? Because the pitches do make a massive difference, mm. huge mm. difference in terms of actually, you know, watering the pitch, you know, when we were up and it had pissed down before the game, you know, I meant to get some water. Now they'll now pop up sprinklers and it, you yeah, know, so yeah, you can yeah. fizz the ball around and the ball's like with these polyurethane balls. And Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just think the characters have have died. They've yeah. really, they've really, really died. And, um, and we cry out to see young, young players come through the system mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. um, Great to see players like Nobby and Declan Rice, you know, come through and, you know, yeah. um, and it is, it's, and hopefully it'll come back. Yeah. Hope, well, I fingers think, crossed. No, yeah. But also, I think, you know, it's not just like the, 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 the you know, the, the characters, the jokers and, and things of those stories, but even things like leadership, you know, I don't, you know, someone that you don't have like, uh, an abundance in the Premier League, it used to be every team had their leader, whether it was a John Terry or maybe Vieira or Petit. Uh, we've got sort of no. Can you mention John Terry on this channel? Yes, you can because, it, yeah. <laughs> John Terry came, John Terry got he's a. He's an East End boy, isn't he? Yeah. He's an East End boy and he got a clap when he was wearing Mark no- at uh, the testimony when he was wearing the West Ham shirt. You know, oh, I've okay. seen he's had a clap. But you know what I mean? It's like you don't get that. You know, even in the national game, you know, you don't got leaders anymore now. And and it's the boys who are leaders, like someone like Deck, I think Deck is a is a born leader, really. He sticks out like a sore thumb, um, and you don't. And it's just, I just think it's, I think it's almost become people have become nullified by the um, by the professionalism, as you said, because they're in GPS shirts and vests and stuff like that. And no, it's true. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think there is a place for it, oh, yeah. and. And and I think it's it's trying to sort of blend that the old with the new, um, you know. But you know, you square peg square, you know, square holes. You know what I mean? Round peg round holes. I'm a pragmatist, and I always have been. And uh, I just try and uh, it's like when you work in this part of the world, and you know, you go you, you go you go and take your training sessions, and you see young lads at the at the side of the road crushing, you know, smashing rocks for a dollar mm-hmm. a day, and you. 
Um, and you turn up, there's no boots for kids. You know, the youngsters have got no boots or kit, and you just make sure you realise it puts things into perspective. And, yeah. uh, and and then, you know, people complain and mourn, and I just think, no, if you're not born. You know, you did, you know, working in Africa is quite a humbling experience course, and a special yeah. experience. Mm. No, I can, I totally understand that. And you're right. And I think in the same way, this, all this stuff that's happened, but it, it, yeah, from a UK perspective, I, ho- I hope that, you know, someone said the other day to me, oh, you're going to see football, going to see West Ham is a bit like a chore over the last couple of weeks, seasons, but it's a chore they want to bring back. They want to, and hopefully people will appreciate the the smaller things in life. You know, yeah, we can moan about, you know, if Moyes plays Antonio or Zabaleta, you know, but in the grand scheme of things, it's it's just, it's it's inconsequential really, isn't it? And as you said, when you go to, like, talking where you come, where you're playing, you imagine at the moment, it's, you know, when, when kids ain't got football boots and, and they're, yeah, they're sort of all the poverty, it's just, it puts everything to perspective, I think. Um, you know, when I went National Sea Culture Box, why well, I used to have to drive around the country and the, and the, uh, the Duke of Edinburgh Trust were fantastic. They were really supportive of what I was doing. Yeah. So they used to give me balls, boxes of balls, bibs and cones, etc. And I used to drive round, drive six hours, ten hours uh, in the back of this pickup truck that I had. And I used to drive round and uh, I used to do things called, they're called TIPs, Talent Identification Programs. And I used to do them in certain areas. I won't bore you going into it. But I used to go and give it to these schools and I once give them to prison. So I did one at a place called Kasane, right on the near the, the Livingston Falls. Never forget it as long as I live. We turned up and the guys and the guy ran me at the hotel. He said, "Pete, you're coming." Coming to the game. I said, "I thought we're starting tomorrow." He said, "No, no, there's a game on today because we want the you know wait for you to start." So I thought. So I said, to "My mate, mate came up with me." So I said, "Come on, we better get down there quick." Yeah. It's in the prison grounds. The match is in the prison grounds. The league game. And as I walked, as we drove in, I got out of the van and. They're, still, they're all stood on pitch. And then there's all these guys in these orange uniforms. Um, and they're all jumping up and down. And I went, what's going on? Has somebody scored? And he went, no, no, no. He said, it's the first time the national coach has ever come to watch a game here. He goes, and they're so happy. So I went to like get a ball out of the back of the car to kick it over into prison thing. And the bloke went, no, no, you can't do that. I was like, the fact that there's drugs in there. Yeah. So <laughs> what I did was, I went and gave him a load of balls. Yeah. And I went and bought some tins of paint and some wire brushes and some, I had some new nets as well with me. And I donated them to the prison. And cut long story short, I did the TIP, went fantastically well, brilliant people. And by the time I'd gone back to the hotel to come back to the thing, they'd ripped the nets off and they were scrubbing the things, scrubbing the post down and painting the, painting the post in the prison grounds, you know, these, these, these convicts. So that puts things, life in oh, perspective. God, yeah. God, yeah. And, and, I, and I could tell you, you know, I won't bore you with a million stories like that, but, uh, yeah, it's, you know, simple things in life sometimes are the, are the nicest things, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a great experience for me. Oh, incredible, incredible life experience. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about your hammers living. It just seems like a real yeah. weird segue. But no, it's a, a, an incredible, incredible experience. But um, as I said, we do try and do this hammers eleven thing. So um, you know, it, we try and as I said, we, we can do whatever formation you want, Pete. I'm not, I'm not fussed. If you want to go straight four 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 two, if we do something a bit more creative, you know, you're probably our first 
international coach uh, manager we've had on. So, you know, I'm, I'm open to suggestions, basically. Um, but goalkeeper, we, we know where we are, a goalkeeper. Um, who would be in goal for the, for the Butler 11, for your Butler 11? It's a no-brainer, really, isn't it? Yeah. The guy who used to wash his kit after training, you know, every single day and give it, give it to Eddie Gillen. Uh, it had to be, it's got to be Ludo. Yeah. Uh, you know, not only did he provide us with the Czechoslovakian Pilsner beer because he had a coach driver who used to bring <laughs> it on the book by the cartload. Wow. Uh, that that wasn't, wasn't one of the reasons. He had no. a garage full of it where he lived. Um, he was just an amazing, he was an amazing uh, character great you know quiet unassuming can you honestly tell me would there be a goalkeeper an international goalkeeper driving around in a sponsored Skoda today in this day and age Uh, he was he was unique and a fan he was he was worth his weight in gold he saved us he won his promotion I felt that year Um, he were outstanding and um, yeah, and he used to wash his kit straight after tra- every single day after training. His own kit every day. He used to get in the shower and you'd look and go, what's he doing? And uh, he, he used to say to me, Peter, because it makes the job easier for Eddie to get the mud out because of all the time. I looked at him and I used to go, right, okay. <laughs> and then yeah, number one. <laughs> yeah, Number on one, he was he, he different class. Yeah, yeah. Different, exactly. different class. No, I agree. Lovely guy as well. And that's the thing, I'm getting all these nice little anecdotal stories from the fans about interaction between players and fans. And Ludo comes up all the time in terms of having time for anyone. He's a lovely guy. Right, we'll put Ludo in. Right, what's your, we go defence. Are we going to play four at the back, three at the back? What do you want to play, Pete? Well, uh, rather than be boring and go 4-4-2, four, four, I'm going to go 3-5-2. Okay, yeah, no problem. Or it might be a 3 four, could be a 3-4, you know, 3-4-3, three, 3-5-2 three, three, I'm going to go. Okay, and we'll, and, we'll, and we'll make it up as we go along. Yeah, sounds all right. Okay, we'll go. Who's you gonna? So you're three at the back. Who are we gonna have? Who's your first one? The three at the back. Uh, I'd have to go with Stretch because I think he's one of the best professionals I've ever played with. Mm. Uh, um, and I and I think you'd have to pick if you were going to go with a four, you'd have to pick one of the one of the other two, which would be uh, Reg or, or Potsy. Mm. Uh, and that's the reason why I'm going to go with three because I think they're all really, really good players and it would be unfair to leave Potsy out because I thought he was Mr. Consistent. Yeah. Um, and um, so I would go stretch Potsy on the right side and, and Gailey in the left or Malvin on the left or, or, or uh, Reg in the middle. Yeah. But I would, go, I would definitely go have a play those three at the back. Whether they could play that, we once played it once at Leicester and we ended up winning. We didn't play great, but we, we, we defended like to save us lives. And uh, it was the first time we played three at the back, and it, it worked for us. But I think in this day and age, everybody go, everyone plays you know four two three one, and it just gets a bit boring. And yeah, you know, and I like to play. You know, I like to play. I think a lot of young strikers now learn, especially combination play. Learn, you know, the the art of combination play with two strikers working, spinning off each other and making runs. One coming mm. short, one going in behind. There's been a bit of a dying art, and yes. and I, I do like to play with, with, with two strikers. So yeah, and that's why I'm going to go three five two. So so we put Potsy, so, so we put Potsy stretch and um, and sorry, was it was it Gailey or Alvin? Which one do you want? Uh, well, yeah, I'd go. Oh, I'd go with. Yeah, go with Reg. Yeah, Reg. Uh, Alvin on the left, Reg yeah. in the middle, and Potsy yeah. on the right side. That sounds good, man. Yeah, I like that. Nice. Potsy's nice. quick. 
So if he gets another yeah. one's quick as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I yeah. Hence the name stretch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. It's like when I was talking to when I was talking to um, when I was talking to Martin the other day, and he said, "I said, who are you going to put on the right back? He played four, four at the back. He played right back." And he went, "I'm going to put the robot." And I went, "What? The robot?" He went, "Yeah, you know yeah, the robot. Is- yeah, yeah, the robot, the, the machine." And when he said machine, I knew he meant break Tim, but it was like it's the robot. It's just so funny. We had one of them. I can't remember who it was. It might be Gailey, and he tried to do the whole team in nicknames, and. It- <laughs> And I was like, God, I'll be honest, I don't know who the fuck you're talking about. You know, it's like, it's just, so yeah, we, that's a good start. We'll go for that. But, right, let's go for the middle. We play wherever we're going to, I just, whatever you want. Talk about whoever you want in the middle. Well, obviously, I, I'm not going to pick myself. So, you can. I can't, you can. I can't pick this. All right, I'll pick myself. Yeah. Ga- <laughs> no, Gailey put himself as, as captain, penalty taker, corner taker, free yeah. kick taker, and first team coach. <laughs> well, he would do, wouldn't he? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's from that side of London. Yeah. Uh, um, no, I, I always felt it was always going to be, you know, a three in midfield with, yeah. um, and 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 now and because I played quite a lot of football with both of them, uh, I would like to think that I would not want to leave one of them out, i.e., mm. Martin and, and Bish, because yeah. they were both special characters and. You know, uh, Bish, obviously, you know, very, very good footballer. Yeah. Uh, different, to, to, different to all three of us. And I thought all three of us were a little bit different. We all brought our own qualities, you know. Uh, I always remember Harry saying, you know, when I played with Bish once at Southampton, I think it was on a Monday night, but it was live from Sky, and we ended up winning the game. And he turned around at halftime, he said, Pete, all I want you to do is just win the ball and give it to the maestro, let him play. And I looked at him and I thought, yeah, all right. So... Uh, <laughs> No, yeah, I'd, I would, I'd, yeah, I'd go with that. I'd put myself in then yeah. and I'd go with uh, with Martin, maybe playing a little bit more advanced or whether we played like with an anchor man in midfield and, um, and, and two playing a little bit further forward. But yeah. it probably would be Bish, uh, uh, Martin and, and myself. Yeah, that's nice. I like that. I think, yeah. And that was a, yeah, that, I mean, that... That that you the three of you just epitomised that sort of that that my era that you know whether it was just brilliant. I just as I said I'm a bit of a, I'm a massive fanboy of yours, Peter. So it's like it's a I'm a bit sort of a bit flustered really. I don't get flustered talking to players, but for you I just really <laughs> and it's really but yeah okay right. So we put the three of you right. Let's let's go. Um, so we got the, we've got three at the back. We've got the three in the, in the three in the middle. Um, who do you want to talk about next? Well. I think you're talking about playing wing backs, and you can only play lads wing backs. You call them whatever you want to call yeah, them, half backs, yeah. wing back. Uh, you got to play attacking players who can get up and down the pitch, and they have got great engines. And uh, for me, probably the best, the right back of that era, and I was there. Uh, what Kenny Kenny did really, really well was a really yeah. good player, good footballer. Uh, yeah. But I'd have to go with Tim. Because yeah. he had such a fantastic engine, he he was a machine. He mm. he was uh, a really good professional, and uh, I would think he'd be one of those guys at home that would count the peas on the plate of him and his wife. You know what I mean? You know, you know, you've got more peas than me. Uh, he he was meticulous in his preparation, but a good lad as well, and uh, yeah. and a good footballer. And so I would play him on the right. Yeah, and then on the left, I'd go with Dixie. Yeah. Yeah, because you can't leave him out. No, you can't. No, you can't leave him out. And it, and 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 in all fairness, he 
he was great going forward, mm. um, and he and he could and he, he could defend as well uh, when he had his head on. Uh, but he's probably one of the best passers of the ball I've ever worked mm. with. Mm. He, he he had, you know, rather than like you know his explosive shooting and his and his and his aggression and his tackling, he did have those subtle qualities that uh, stood him out from the rest. He, he was a wonderful, talented footballer and uh, and a character as well. And I got on. I actually you ended up getting really well, worked really well with him as well. And he got to earn your respect with Dixer. Yeah. No, I get that. Yeah, that, that's that, that's what comes out when, when like you, you know, you guys talk about talk about Julian. I think I think uh, yeah, Martin was like he was a great trainer if what they were doing he wanted to do. <laughs> that's basically what he said, and I was well, he like, never warmed up. He, <laughs> no, he I mean. used to come in and smash balls in top corner, and I used to go out because I had to warm up because I mm. had quite a few injuries and. I used to go out and warm up for half an hour, you know, before and do a little bit of work and a little bit of extra work before and after. And yeah. he was like sometimes the first on the training ground, smashing balls in the top corner. Um, and, and, and after six sounds, sometimes the last as well. Yeah. And, and unless he weren't driving his Harley Davidson fat boy to training with the dog with the dog on the on, <laughs> on the on the on the, on the, uh, on the on the what's it the petrol thing. But yeah, he. Um, no, I would play him on the left, and I, I yeah. would have gone uh, Tim on the right. I mean, you, you, you leave players out, but obviously you play you that do. system. Yeah, of course you, you do. Yeah, you've got to, you know, you, you can't play. You know, you could play Kevin Keane on the right, who was a yeah. wonderful footballer, and you know, Matty Holmes and um, people like that on the left hand side. Mm. Uh, again, one really, really good footballer, and uh, mm. but yeah, you can't. You know, Dixie yeah, and Tim they would would would. Would definitely be picked. Yeah, exactly. That's a good shout. And then, and then to to sort of, who who have we got for the the, the last couple of for positions? And who's the, who's going to be your uh, yeah yeah your super strikers and stuff like that, Pete? Well, I think when you actually look at the goals ratio, uh, and you can't really go any further than the two that Chai would pick was, and he actually scored quite a lot of goals. More well, he, I think he played about I don't know, I think he played 150, 160 games for West Ham. Uh, was Trevor Morley. Yeah. And I thought Trevor did a very, very good job for West Ham mm-hmm. in, 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 a, in, a, in an era where it was tough. Uh, yeah. You then, I, I didn't play a lot with, it's a toss up whether I go with, you know, there's three of them, there's three lads that we played along. There was even Lee Chapman, but you, yeah. can't, you, but you can't play obviously Lee and Trevor together. So you'd have to go with one or the other, and I'd go with, I would definitely go with Trevor because he was a great character and a great worker and did a lot of unselfish and savory things yeah. on the pitch yeah. that, that a lot of people didn't really appreciate. But the other three would either be, uh, you know, the caravan of love would be Jonah. Uh, you know, the, uh, he, he obviously came in and I thought he did really, he did really well for West Ham. But you, the two I would give the guys, you'd either go for TC or you'd go with Clive. Yeah. And, and, I never played a lot with, with Tony. No, no, no. Tony's record was great. I never played a lot yep. with Tony. But because he was an ultimate professional, Clive Allen, and he was the first person that actually picked me exactly, uh, yeah. to give us a lift to go training, I'm going to put Clive Allen in the team. Yeah, that's a great chat. Because he was he was instrumental in us getting promoted as well that year. He was. Um, he was. And he scored yeah, that. Yeah. He scored the goal. He scored the second goal against Cambridge, wasn't it? When it and then the place just erupted. Um, isn't and, and do you know what? 
I just think sometimes as well, you sort of, you don't just look at like what people contribute sort of, you know, on a Saturday or a Tuesday night, you know what I mean? Yeah. A, win, a, a wind sweat, you know, you know, um, Stoke City or <laughs> Sunderland or whatever. Yeah. You look at what they do after training and before mm. training and Clive was just the ultimate professional. It was like, great guy. Uh, always willing to help people, you know. You know, I always remember him and another lad who I, I forgot to say on the left was Mark Robson, who was yeah, a great, no great, great lad, wonderful player, Robbo. Uh, and he always stayed behind and did extra training with myself and others. And Clive was always, always that guy, always willing to help out and uh, um, and simplified things. He really, mm. he. I, I was surprised. Obviously, I think he went into the game, but he took them and then he sort of came out of it. But uh, I don't know what he's doing now. Uh, but yeah, uh, good pro. Yeah, yeah, and a nice guy. And, and that's nice my guy. three five two. Yeah, no, it's great. I think it's great. I think it's great, Pete. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Look, I I know I know that the beach is calling and and the beer is calling. Um, of course, it's sorry, 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 sorry. Don't the, say um, that. The, yeah, the, the 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 reading room and the and the cup of tea is calling. Um, <laughs> Pete, it's been absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for, for your time, especially with like you know being over there and stuff. I really appreciate you and and charging your laptop up in case you had a power cut as well. Is, is... well, it is. I'm still on 100. percent So no, I've, no, it, it, it's a pleasure. And it's you know sometimes you you know I do miss English football. Yeah. Uh, you know, and everybody always says to me. I've talked to this friend of mine who who's a big West Ham fan, and he said, "Where did you live?" And I said, "You know, I, I never left Southend." Yeah, I lived in Southend all the time. I used to travel backwards and forwards, and had all my mates are all West Ham fans. It's not a bad. Tr- I mean, I live in Ornchurch, so I live in Giddy Park. So you know, I I've got friends that go Southend quite a bit. Ain't yeah, a bad Giddy Park's Giddy Park's posh. Yeah, <laughs> Giddy Park. No, no. I, yeah, I, no, I love Southend. I enjoyed yeah. it, and and I love that part of the world, and it was great. And then near Rochford and that, where I used to walk the dogs and that. And uh, but yeah, you know. It's sometimes you sort of you hanker and you, you cling on to sort of like English football and yeah, um, and I just thought out of all this you know unprecedented times and you know tough times and you know country is going through a bit of a very mm. you know some really difficult issues at this present time is that you know you know people start being a little bit more kind to each other and yeah yeah and I think I think I think people are appreciating things more so it seems it seems people are communicating more with people although they can't communicate them properly like you know over zoom like you know as I said I've I had to teach my mother-in-law how to use facetime and whatsapp and things like that and it just see. I mean, I've had I've had two birthdays. My wife and my my daughter's birthday in lockdown, and it's all a bit more. It's a bit more creative. Think a bit more. It's easy enough to have gone to Pizza Express or something for something to eat for dinner for a birthday party. But it, you have to. Everyone seems to be a lot bit more. It's a lot more community spirit. You know, obviously until recently we do the clapping outside on a Thursday for the NHS, and I've heard some great stories about people who are doing. I was talking to Jeff Pike the other day, and he is they're doing a, a quiz night in his. Still works at the FA, don't it? Yeah. Yeah, but he does like in the he's doing in his cul-de-sac. They're doing a quiz night where they're so we're out on their drive, and one person's doing the quizzes and things like that. It's lovely. It's absolutely lovely. But, That's and nice. Then, and then, and then, in, and then when the Premier League comes back, everyone slags each, each other off again, and, uh, and yeah, that's at all, you know. <laughs> well, let's let's hope they can so, get the pubs up, and you know, you know, sooner rather than later, then you can go down and watch it in the in the boozer and that. So, yeah, yeah it's just unfortunate, but 
you know, I uh, I'll be watching with keen interest from Monrovia in Liberia, and uh, it's um, hopefully I can get home end of August. So oh, yeah, I've been in sort of I've been in lockdown. It finishes on the twenty first. Yeah, it's not, it's not a lockdown like you lads have had. You know, you yeah. guys have had it a lot tougher than us, and uh, we. Um, but yeah, we we've got limited cases and limited deaths, and uh, you know the government seems to have got a control over it, which is good. Um, but yeah, um, you know, let's get the football back up and running, and uh, and let's talk West Ham stay up. Yeah, yeah, I think we will. I think I'm I'm positive. I'm actually really, I'm actually in a weird way. I'm really positive the fact that it's clo- all going to be closed doors because I think sometimes you know, I mean, you've obviously been at Upton Park when you're up when players, you know, when the fans are up against you. Some players don't do well under negative pressure if they're not strong enough. And I think at times that's happened at London Stadium, you know, and I think I think there's going to be a few more teams are going to creep in over the next nine games or however long it is because you're going to get the lower league teams fancy and going to the Liverpools and getting something because there's not the crowd pressure of an away game. I think the Bundesliga, I think it's 25% of home games have been won. Um, so the... You know, I, I did say that, yeah, I did, I did notice that. There's been quite a lot of, uh, you know, sort of results which have really sort of come out of left field and a lot of yeah. people have not expected and, you know, you know the away wins. So, yeah, um, I look forward to it. But no, yeah. I've enjoyed it. Thank you very Brilliant. much. Thank you. Uh, Cheers. Thanks Peter. for inviting Cheers. me on. Absolute pleasure. And obviously, thank you to everyone for watching. You know what to do. Like, share, subscribe, do what you want. And until for me and Pete, take care, everyone. Stay safe and see you soon. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Great stuff. Thank you. Take care. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.